ACASTCAST. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sometimes we're just so used to the hustle and the bustle and the fire and the run that the piece is sitting right there. And we just condition ourselves to always be in this fight or flight to where when the piece comes, we're like, oh my gosh, I just got a weird feeling. I just don't know what came over me. Like it makes us uncomfortable because we're like, we just can't be that peaceful. And it's like, no, you literally could operate in that piece 24 seven. It's just that you're accustomed to the drama and the negativity. And so it's once again, it's a mindset shift. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna, wherever you are in the world, evening, morning, afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming to another episodic episode of this weekly exploration inwards so we can shine our light outwards today as always i have a beautiful shining light and superstar to share with you so we can go into certain topics and dive into some value so you can step out into your day as the beautiful light that you deserve to be my guest today is my friend my colleague lj johnson lj johnson is a female holistic hormone expert she is a health coach much like myself she's a nutritionist a pt but as always she is so so much more than that she was a beautiful powerful shining light in this world and today my goal is to share that light with you lj welcome to the cosmic love antenna thank you for having me i'm excited for the podcast super excited me too my friend and for people that maybe have heard us on Clubhouse, you know, we've spent time on there together, but this is our first time meeting Zoom face-to-face and uh, I feel privileged. So thank you for spending time with me today. I want to start this chat, my friend, in the world that you are powerful in and, and have experience in, and that is the world of female hormones and helping beautiful women with their hormonal challenges. And I want to, I'm interested because I think people want to know this and I personally want to know this. I'm wondering if we can start with, you know, maybe just a brief overview of some of the challenges that you went through that led you to sort of where you are now doing the work that you're doing. What comes up around that? Absolutely. What comes up? Well, it takes me from 42 now all the way back to 14, right? 14 (laughs) years old. Um, When I started having the hormonal imbalance issues, right? It started with the painful periods, the acne, the hormonal headaches, um, the weight gain, you know, just a 14 year old that had a body that was doing everything that I thought was normal. But then as I start comparing myself, not that you want to compare yourselves all the time, but as I start looking at my friends, I'm like, this is interesting because When they have a cycle, they're not doubled over. They're not talking about passing out. They're not having hot flashes. Like I was kind of like, what's wrong with me, right? I started 
really just thinking there was something wrong with me, number one, and then hating my body, you know, making comments like I hate my body. I hate my period. I hate this. I hate that. And then as I evolved and got older, I noticed all of that stuff was, you know, honestly, there was a hormonal imbalance, but I was actually just kind of fueling the fire, right. By manifesting Mm. that stuff, right. Saying, I hate this. I hate Mm. that. My body hates me, you know, blaming my body, blaming my uterus. Um, And so it was a long journey. It took me 16 years to get diagnosed with endometriosis. And there was just Lots of symptoms, you know, the weight gain, like I said, the period pain. And LJ, let me jump in here super quick. The question that's bubbling up, you know, as you're moving through all of this, I'm wondering what was your external environment like? So not, we'll get to like toxins and things like that, but I'm sort of getting a hit on what was your, your family and your friendship group as you're moving through these challenges was that conducive? Did that put more fire onto the challenges? How was that like for you? Absolutely. Yes. It was more <laughs> gasoline on the planes for sure. Uh, my friends didn't get me right. I was the girl that was always sick. They're like, you know, I was the person the wind blew. There could be a cold, you know, in a kindergartner and I'm in seventh grade and I'm getting sick. Like anything that was in my realm, I, I felt like I was that person. They're like, girl, you're always sick. Secondly, um, being raised by a strong black mama, you know, I was told that I was a strong black woman, that I didn't feel pain. Right. Mm. So when I was voicing pain, um, it was like coming from my own mother. Number one, I, you know, I've never felt pain like that before. So yours can't be real. That was number one. Secondly, then when I complained, it's like, well, Hey, we've got this strong black woman mantra and you're not really stepping in line with that mantra. Pick that mantra up and keep going. Right. So then number three, it got to where I was like, okay, I'm suffering, but now I'm suffering in silence because it's not okay for me to be open. My friends would listen, but they didn't understand. They weren't having the same issues. Right. My mother would listen, but she made it very clear. She didn't want to hear it anymore. Right. I was complaining. I wasn't walking in my truth. So yeah, that the environment that I was in, um, wasn't conducive, not to mention at that age at 14 years years old, you know, my parents or my mother was still making a lot of the medical decisions. I was able to put myself, you know, at the front of that until I was 15 years old. I graduated high school when I was young. So I graduated at 15, skipped my 10th, 11th and 12th grade year, went straight to college. And that's when I was kind of in the driver's seat going to my doctor. But even then 15, 16 year old, you know, talking about painful periods or acne, the doctor's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Grab this birth control and let's go. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you're young, you're in pain, you're in college. You just want to have an amazing life, right? It doesn't sound that bad. Yet the birth control was really just putting a bandaid on my situation and it was not helping me get a diagnosis. It definitely was not curing my issues as well. And let me, so let me jump in here, LJ. I want to definitely come back to the birth control conversation because we're going to get into toxins and chemicals and all that sort of stuff. But let's take a step back. I want to flow to something that you said that I think is very significant. And it's this idea of this projection of being strong. And I, I think it's, it's beyond skin color. I know you probably experienced it through that lens because that's who you are, but it's interesting. I was having a chat about this with another friend this morning about the projection of the masculine onto men and women, how there's an unhealthy relationship that we all have with both energies, right? There's Mm -hmm. this, there's this idea that, you know, men, men should not express their feelings and should be strong and tough, but we often overlook the women that are being impacted by the same mentality. Right. And I think your beautiful story highlights that highlights one, the need to understand this balance a lot more, but two, to connect it to our, our, both the the femininity within the male, but also the femininity within the female that's wanting to express itself. And we'll get to this later in terms of hormones and emotions and spiritual elements, LJ, 
but I want to let's transition here with, with this theme in mind of <laughs> projecting masculine onto females mm-hmm. in your opinion. And I ask this question because I think we have a similar background in terms of PT. I, I started as a PT and I'm not sure if you still PT LJ, but I know that's a big part of what you did in the world. I saw this a lot within the personal training world that even from a physical lens, women were viewed as just little men. So I'm wondering if you can break this myth down and why this is so detrimental to the healing process. Right. Once again, like you said, it's a myth, right? Most of our issues are coming from these myths and misconceptions. We are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. We don't know what we don't know. And so for me, um, like I said, just, you know, with my experience, I was told to be strong, you know, being vulnerable, um, processing my feelings, you know, saying this is how I feel. Those things were not acceptable. Right. And so, like you said, even in the PT industry, it's all about be strong. You know, those things like, you know, and we've all said, I know I've said I'm guilty. No, you know, no pain, no gain, this, that and the other. And it's like, okay, yes and no. It's a big one. Yeah, because we grab that and we run, right? There's usually not a happy medium. We either are doing nothing and there's no pain or we're overdoing it. And so it's finding that balance, right? And it's also, it's actually very interesting. Being able to operate in your feminine energy takes strength. But for most of us women, we look at it as a weakness. Like, oh, you know, we'll make comments like, oh, I'm just in my feelings today. Oh, I'm just feeling hormonal. And it's like, no, like in your feelings and hormonal, like that is who we are. That's beautiful. And it affects every part of our world absolutely oh yeah could not have said it better myself my friend that was that was profound and it's again uh, this masculine and when i say masculine energy right i mean the divine masculine the divine feminine that's in that's in both the, the physical male and the physical female it's as if the divine masculine within females is it's 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 so unbalanced in some t- in some instances that when that beautiful innate feminine energy wants to come up and just flow and be and allow and express there's this paradigm of oh wait but that's not masculine that's not that's not success that's not power that's not getting shit done so right. yeah do you want to add to that we feel inadequate right yeah. suddenly it's like oh i can't step into that energy or you know they're going to i'm going to your week. And even it's very interesting. I had a conversation. And so I know for me, I sometimes operate in that more masculine energy just because of, you know, how I was raised and raising two children on an own as a single parent. Like I just know that. And so I made a comment to someone and I told him, I was like, I consciously shift my, like, I have to consciously shift my mind. And he's like, Oh, that's amazing that you're even aware. And I'm like, yeah. it took a while to become aware of that. But now when I shift, it's not that shift of, you know, shame where I'm like, Oh my gosh, now I'm going into my feminine energy. You know, now people are going to have, now I'm going to have your week or not going to be as successful. It's like, no, I can still be that badass and operate in my energy and honestly take it to the next level because that feminine energy gives me an edge that the masculine does not. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, LJ, I'm not sure if you've realized this about yourself. Maybe people have told you, but you're the way that you express yourself. You're a beautiful description of what you just defined right so if you're tuning in in the podcast and you're just hearing lj's voice and feeling her energy you can feel you can feel exactly what she's talking about the masculine and the feminine within each and every one of us work together and when you can Mm -hmm. walk that balance you become optimized right think about what the masculine does it's masculine is information it's 
it's information in formation, it's structure. The feminine is the flow, it's the energy, it's the expression, it's the feeling. When you have the structure and the information, the energy flows. So as you're listening to LJ speak, right, that is why, or it's what I assume, and I'm one, I'll get your thoughts on this, LJ. It's why I feel that we can get to that point where we are expressing and doing and getting stuff done, but also be very, be, being very efficient in the flow in which we do it. Does that make sense? It does. It makes sense. And it takes time to get there, right? Like I said, the 40-year-old LJ was different at 32, was definitely way spicier at 22, right? Definitely was just all in that alpha energy, that male energy. But it's like you learn and you grow and you evolve. And now it's like when I'm able to slip into that, I'm comfortable. Like when they say the statement, you know, comfortable in your own skin, it's like, okay, now... I'm at, it clicks. I'm comfortable. I don't feel insecure. I don't feel like, you know, I'm not going to be able to perform. Like I still feel like superwoman, but even more super, right? Because I'm able to walk that fine line, but it takes time. And especially when you're looking at from the chronic illness warrior, or chronic pain warrior, you know, anytime that you're not able to do whatever, you know, you feel weak, you're like, oh my gosh, today's a fatigue day. I've got to take off. And so it starts messing with your mind where you're like, oh, I, you know, I should have done this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, if we can properly sit in that feminine energy, and it's like, it's okay to take a break, right? Yes. It's okay to say no to others and say yes to ourselves, right? Like it's okay. And it's really getting away from that bondage and that condemnation that we've really attached to the whole, like, oh, I'm just being a girl today. Oh, I'm just in yes. my feelings. It's like, it's okay to do that. Yes. Oh, love it, my friends. All right. I want to take this energetic sort of perspective and now shift it into more of the physical body. Uh, LJ, some of the challenges and the things that you specialize in are these physical female hormonal challenges, such as endometriosis, PCOS, fibroids, uterine cysts. And, you know, unfortunately, and we could, this is a whole other conversation we could have, but they're on the rise at the moment for many different factors that we'll probably get into a little bit here today. But my question around all of these challenges, LJ, is that much like myself, you are a holistic practitioner, right? And you understand the link between all of the different parts of us. So I'm wondering, LJ, in your opinion, your perspective, what is the holistic connection between all of these connections? What comes up when I ask that question? Everything is connected. Everything is connected for us women. Now, you know, everyone has a heart, but that uterus, that womb wellness, that womb area is your second heart. And so mm -hmm. what I've seen, not only with myself, but a lot of my patients is, you know, despite whatever procedure you've taken supplements that you take, you know, despite all of those, you know, outside factors, when you're holding unforgiveness, when you're not walking in your truth, when there's something going on with your heart that I just gave myself chills, literally yep. that you don't. Yep. If you don't deal with it here up in the heart, you know, up in your chest, it drops down into that second heart, right? And so when people, you know, go through a breakup or a miscarriage or divorce and all that, you're just like, oh, I have a broken heart. I'm going to push past it. But here's the deal. The whole push past it and not dealing with the emotions of traumas, may they be, you know, stressors that are good or bad, it drops down into that second heart. And that is where we start having the issues. And I know for some people it's very woo woo or they're like, it's so out there, but I'm like, just think about it. Like yeah. there are things that happened to you when you were maybe, you know, I'll even use myself as an example. When I was three years old, you know, something happened pivotal when I was 14, those little things that I thought I had taken care of. Suddenly I started getting to where I was getting triggered and I'm like, okay, these traumas, toxins, and thoughts, they're all wrapped into one, right? I had to address them all. And so that's a, big, big part, you know, because we are in this, you know, Amazon society, you know, we want to hop on the app, order something and get it in three hours. We want everything now, yesterday, you know, immediately. 
but some of those things are going to definitely take some time and you have to do the work. You have to be ready to do the work. I think if you're listening to this as a listener, you can understand why I can, one, why I love LJ so much and two, why I've connected with her because our, our, the work that we do in the world, it connects. This is, this is the segue in which it connects this emotional expression to our physical symptoms. And just to add one more piece to what you just said, LJ, that link between the heart and the womb. And so it's so nice that you called it the second heart or that, 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 that next heart space, because from a chakra perspective, I talk about it a lot on this podcast. The heart is the space and place in which our love meets the world. It's the first space in which the love that we create inside of ourselves meets the world. And in your example, if we have a relationship dynamic that causes tension, causes trauma, causes challenges, and if there is grief or an emotion created around that, then obviously the first place to begin is yourself right? The first place to begin is forgiving yourself, as you said, but then we need to take it to a deeper level, right? Because the heart is the space in which our love meets the world, but not the space in which our feeling and emotion is created. Where is the space that our feeling and emotion is created? It's in that sacral womb center. So I'm, I'm saying this to justify even more these beautiful words that LJ is saying. We need to connect these energetics and this holistic holistic paradigm together because that womb center, and I want to get your thought on this, LJ, that womb center is our creation space, right? And that creation space isn't just within the female body and the creation of a baby, which is obviously important, but it's the creation of everything that we want to create in our lives. What What's your perspective on that, LJ? That's huge, right? Especially <laughs> when you're thinking of a, a thinpreneur like myself or an entrepreneur or someone that's working from home, you're doing your own business, right? Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't think. I've got brain fog. It's like, that's because there's a lot going on in that womb space, right? Like you're not able to be creative. You're not able to, you know, let's just talk real talk. You're not able to create that email, that blog, that whatever else. You're, if you're trying that's to pour into your community, right? But it's like you're pouring, pouring from an empty cup. You're pouring from an empty saucer. You're like, something is missing. And that's really huge. Like you said, you have to be willing to do the work, right? I mean, it's easier said than done. You may be listening to this podcast right now and you're like, I'm willing to do the work. Where do I go? Where do I start? Right? Like it's wanting to do the work and then partnering with someone to get it done. Because I mean, you could run around on Dr. Google and searching WebMD all night long, but it's really better when you can get with someone like myself or Harrison, especially Harrison, my man Harrison, getting it down, right? To really give you that roadmap so that you can get there a lot quicker without, you know, chasing the blueprint for the next five or 10 years. It helps us feel like we're not alone too. Right. right. I think, I think that's the other piece that we over overlook is that, you know, safety and security and support. We need that before we can go into the feelings and to the emotions. If we've had trauma, often there's a fear response or a trauma response or a mechanism at play that's stopping us from expanding into our potential that we deserve. So sometimes what is needed is an external space of security support and 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 safety from a coach doctor therapist whoever it is so we can feel safe enough to go in to feel the things that need to be felt right it's, it's we'll, we'll, we're going to speak more about this but i want to pause here for a second lj and i want to throw it back to you because i want to also the intention of this chat today you have so much knowledge to give Right. And I received a love before, but you know, bright lights attract bright lights. And that is why you are here on this, on this podcast. And I want to, I want to farm your brain here for a second. When we're talking about 
hormonal imbalances and endocrine disruptors. What I said before, these, these hormonal challenges that, that you deal with, the PCOS, the endometriosis, they're on a rise at the moment. And there is a reason for that rise. It's because of the world that we live in at the moment. So I want to throw it back to you to give some quick tips and, and recommendations here, LJ. What is a, what is a, a watch out list or a master list for endocrine disruptors that we can sort of be mindful of in our environment, right? So for example, foods, toxins, right. things, things to be mindful of. What comes up? Yes. So endocrine disruptors, ladies, let's start with the hygiene products, right? There's research out there and I don't know the exact number, but you're probably coming in between, I'd say 50 to hundred different toxins, just waking up in the morning, right? The facial creams, mascara, the makeup, your hygiene products, your favorite loofah, all the little smell goods that you're using in the shower, right? Start with your hygiene products. Here's the thing, especially when you're dealing with fibroids, your body is taking those hormones and those toxins and wrapping them in each other, right? It's disrupting your endocrine system, that favorite perfume of yours that costs $250 that you only use for special occasions, those chemicals are an endocrine disruptor, right? The other thing I'd go for is the plastic water bottles. And I'm guilty. Like I always say, I'm not coming from the high horse. I'm coming from the low horse because I've been there, done that. Like I know these things are affecting our endocrine system. So you've got the chemicals and things in your hygiene products. Plastic water bottles, if you can use glass, would be amazing. Um, the other thing is tap water, right? Tap water. If you can get away from the tap water and all the chemicals that are in there. The other thing is just the processed and packaged foods, right? I know that life is on the go. You want to microwave this. You want to do this, that, and the other. But it's like even something as simple as when you're microwaving, you know, if you're choosing to use a microwave, you know, that is going to be, you know, your choice. I mean, if you can get away from the microwave, great, right? You can use the tea kettle and things like that for your tea. But the other thing is using glass, right? Getting away from a lot of the plastics. Plastics are convenient, right? I know in my kitchen, we've got this beautiful tile and we had to put down extra rugs because as soon as that glass hits, it shatters. So you're just almost wanting to use plastic. But I'm telling you, when you're doing all that food prep and you're prepping your food for the week and you're putting all that stuff in there, those plastics, that healthy food, those organic foods that you're spending that extra money and time and all of that on, it's leaching chemicals out of there, right? And it doesn't seem like a big deal where you're like, okay, LJ, I only do a couple of this or I only use that perfume once a week or I only do this that, and the other. But think about it over the years, right? When you start health issues, it's not because of something, let's say, you know, today is March and you're like, oh, I used a product two days ago. You're having issues in 2022 from probably back in 1995. It started building up in 1996. So each day you're picking up these toxins and then your body gets to this level where it's like, okay, I've got enough. Like at this point, you know, something's going to happen. There's going to be something with your thyroid. You're going to start feeling sluggish. You're going to start having these hormonal imbalances. So it's like, if you can find a way to just naturally detox your body, right? I love castor oil packs, but then also being able to bring in a less toxic load on your body. I think yes. that would be a great start. That, uh, that less toxic load. So first of all, thank you for sharing all that LJ and a lot of, I hope everyone's taking notes, a lot of tips there. I, so a couple of things with this, you don't have to jump from, from a 10 to zero straight away as well. And I, I would also not recommend it, right? We, we live in this life and we deserve to be abundant. And what the example, what I'm getting at here is, let's say that you are a person that uses a particular kind of shampoo or you use the, the generic toothpaste with the fluoride and the endocrine disruptors in it, or you use the deodorant with the, with the aluminium and the disruptors in it. Know that there are 
holistic and natural versions of these things that you can use on top of them. I want to, I want to share a story, LJ. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. I was in a, <laughs> I was in a room with you uh, a couple of months ago. I can't remember when it was. And I think you were hosting it and someone was talking about natural other uh, the chemicals in, in nails, in, in getting the nails done. And, yes. I, and, and, <laughs> and you had a, and you had a moment of realization that, you know, even yourself and someone that does this all the time, that was such a, that was an awareness moment for you. But the reason I shared that story, other than the fact that it was just very grounding and, and, and shows that we too, as people are, uh, we too, as coaches are just people that we're trying to get this better at this all the time. It also shows that, you know, you don't have to give up these things, right? You can find holistic and natural versions that aren't going to provide that toxic load that you were talking about, but do give you the outcomes that you deserve to have if you wish to have them. Does that right, resonate, right. LJ? No, it's true. It takes time. And I got to be honest, your girl's still searching for that alternative, right? Like, <laughs> still searching. <laughs> but it was very, it was very mind blowing, right? Just to think like, okay, I'm trying to heavy metal detox, but if I'm going to get my nails done and putting them under you know, the gel nails and it's like, hold it. Like once again, it's like, we want to take a supplement, but it's like, we can't out supplement something that we're doing to our nails every two or three weeks, right? Yeah. Either we're going to find a healthier alternative because at the end of the day, it's, it's adding to the heavy metals. And so I started thinking about it. It was so profound. I was like, I felt like she was coming for me in that room, but it was funny as well. And I had to laugh because I'm like, we think about it. Like we got the nails, the eyelashes, the hair weave, the formaldehyde, all of these things. right? And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, sometimes when I get my hair done, maybe I, my face does break out for a little bit. Like I was like, you know, maybe there's something to it. Like it was just all of those things. And so, like you said, it's, it's not going overloading, going in and like trashing all your hygiene products and your family's like, what are we bathing with tonight? And you're like, nothing, just use water. Right. Like that extreme, but it's like, can you start with maybe your makeup, you know, can you maybe keep your cosmetics and maybe you're like, all right, we're starting with our cleaning supplies, right? We're, we're not going to wash, you know, our clothes and tide this weekend. We're going to go find a healthier version, right? We're going to go find an alternative. You know, maybe you don't find that perfect one and you have to use baking soda and essential oils or whatever, but yeah. there's so many options because the, the thing is, is that when we think detox, we think a huge overhaul, you know, like I'm only doing a water fast. I'm only doing a juice fast. And it's like, no, detoxing can be making small choices every day that decrease yes. the toxic load. Yep. And a, 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 a one step, one choice a day leads up to yearly accumulation, right? It's, it's yeah. about, it's about building tiny habits that in the long term create a lifestyle. So it's, yeah, it's beautifully said, my friend. And just to be transparent with everyone, I've started, I've started growing out my hair and I'm, and I'm actually at the point now where I don't know what to do. I'm scared to go, <laughs> scared to go to the generic, um, the generic hairstyle because of this same sort of challenge. I'm like, I, I'm not sure maybe people can leave it in the comments or the reviews, or maybe LJ, you have perspective on this. I'll ask you the question. How does someone when they're growing out their hair also be mindful of, of the toxins that they use? So for example, you know, my mind goes towards essential oils, but for maybe people listening out there that have hair, women, long hair, what are some natural alternatives that we can use to avoid the endocrine disruptors? The essential oils would be the biggest thing yeah. that I would say, or finding those natural products. I mean, I have a couple of friends, instead of using like the dry shampoo, they just do a little baking soda and they'd like mix some baking soda and water and they spritz that at the gym. Um, yeah. I know for me, oil silver, that's like my, mm. I'm like, I could spray that all over. Like I will use that kind of as my dry shampoo. Like it doesn't dry my hair, but it makes sure that I'm not getting that bacteria because I am just kind of used to spritzing the dry shampoo after a workout and then going out and about or going to work. So it's like, it's just finding those healthy alternatives. And once 
again, I think we overthink it sometimes. We're looking for a new product and it's like, okay, what essential oils do you have right now that you can do a combination, right? I mean, it can be a little tricky. That's when we got to bring in Mo, our, our oils expert. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and, and, and if you're listening to this, realize I think a theme here that I want to promote is go get help, right? Go ask. And it, and I'm, it doesn't yeah. have to be paid help. I, I would, I would, you know, obviously we're coaches here. So paid help if you feel it's good, but even something like clubhouse or listening to podcasts or reaching out to a book and educating yourself, right? The, the more that we know, the more powerful we are, right? So this is just one example of it. LJ, I want to shift now to another topic. And uh, I'm, I have views on this, but, and I'm, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it because I know this is a recent thing for you. And I, I watched a reel of yours. I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago now, and you were sharing your experience of going in to remove your breast implants. Yes. And, I'm free as a yeah. two twenty two twenty two. I'm free. So it's been about a month now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm so excited for you. And I, I want to talk about this from a toxicity, endocrine disrupting, sort of female hormonal health perspective. So let's start with maybe share this experience, like what, you know, you know, why, why you got to the point when you realized you, this was something you needed to do, and then we'll, we'll flow from here. This is amazing. And I'm going to, I know my IG audience is still waiting. So if you get this podcast before my IG, you're getting the tea first. So for me, a lot of women were having all these issues. And so for me, I have to be honest, there were a few things that just kept plaguing my health. And it was interesting. I, you know, as a health coach, as a practitioner, I'm building these protocols and I'm like, okay, they're working for my patients. But I'm like, why are they not working for me? Like, what am I doing? That's so special. Like, yes, we're all individual. I get it. I'm a little bit of a unicorn when it comes to my health, but I was like, all this aside, unicorn aside, these things work, these supplements, these protocols, these lifestyle changes, but they're not working for me. So um, I know we're going to be totally transparent here. I just started thinking, I'm like, okay, so this whole extreme allergy to mold, I get it. Mold isn't healthy, black mold, but I'm like, my body would go from being exposed to mold to in the hospital for six to seven weeks. That's an extreme jump. It's not just, oh, hey, there was mold in my refrigerator. Let me do a nasal rinse. It was like, there's mold in my refrigerator. I smell something molding in my body, like systems, down, right? Like it was zero to 100. I've been hospitalized due to mold three times. So I'm like, to me, that's a little extreme. Yeah. There's definitely going your, on there. Your right? immune system was sensitive, LJ. Would you say that? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Then it was the fungal overgrowth. Like there was just always something going on with my gut. Like it was gurgly. It was, you know, it's just like, it was just backed up. Like all of these things. I mean, it could be TMI. I'm like, I don't care, but I was like, this is just not right. Like, I'm like, I'm doing all the right things. And especially when I'm talking to other practitioners and they're like, LJ, you're doing stuff we've never thought of. And I'm like, I know. So if I'm doing all the right things, the other thing, number three, these little mystery swollen lymph nodes, right? Like white blood cell count just was always like, at a, you know, I'm like, once again, I'm like, I'm one of the healthiest healthiest people I know, like why, you know, I'm like, there are people eating Taco Bell every day that don't have swollen lymph nodes. What's going on? And so I always had these left side, you know, as I text them right now, swollen lymph nodes, I would get like a little bit of a rash on my face. I also, um, would get these little things and get patches of infantigo, like just out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I could be feeling perfectly fine. I don't spike a fever. I wake up, I've got a itchy patch. If I don't get on it in the next 72 hours, it's an open staph infection. Like once again, it goes from minimal to extreme. And so after dealing with that for like five, six years, suddenly it's really how the universe, I started thinking about it. Just something happened. And I'm like, maybe it's the breast implants. I'm like, I told my daughter, I'm like, 
I'm getting desperate, but like, we're going to put this on the back burner. And, and I L- LJ, gonna- let me jump in here. Yes. Cause I want to, I want to make this clear for people. When you had that realization, what did it feel like? Did something, did it, did a domino when someone mentioned this to you or that you, it sounds like you're about to say it, how did it feel in the body? So at first it was stressful, like, oh my God, another procedure. And I'm like, you know, I'm very cerebral, like, you know, that whole doctor, you know, like, okay, now I've got to research everything. So it was very overwhelming, but this is the thing. It gives me chills talking about it. I love it. All of a sudden, when I mentioned it, it was immediate peace. Like it was something I didn't want to do, but when I said it, like my whole body was at peace. So I was like, okay, my mind like I didn't really want to do it. Who wanted to have a surgery? I'm like, baby, this is my year. And I didn't put on my vision board, have a surgery at the beginning of the year. Like that's not what I planned. But the more I talked about it, and more then excited you got. everything fell into place. I called 25 surgeons, kid you not. None of them can get me until the fall. Literally next day, lady calls me back. Hey, someone just canceled. Do you want our appointment? I'm like, oh, that's weird because you couldn't get me in. Cool. I go in. Then they're like, hey, are you using insurance? They're like a cancel the process down. Like, you know, I'll private pay. I went from like not being able to have surgery until like the end of this year to literally they're like, we can get you in in three weeks. And then that was like the sign. If they can get me in in three weeks, I was like, there's no way in heck I'm going to pass up this opportunity because it just became so easy and so clear. And so for me, like I said, it was mostly that white blood cell count, always having those immune issues, um, the crazy rashes, and then just these unexplained things that would happen you know, like even when my doctor's like everything you're doing, like, we don't know why you're having this issue. And so it just got to where I'm like, okay, I know what's something obvious. Yeah. But Elder, yeah. let me jump in here. So I want to hear about what happened after it, but before we get to that, I want to throw in something here and I want to maybe connect a few things, maybe for you. I think it sounds like you actually got to this realization, but I, uh, you've heard me talking about this LJ, but and people on the podcast have definitely heard me speaking about this, but the, I talk about the link between the energetic system and our physical body, right? Mm-hmm. And I talk about the energy centers and a lot of, a, lot, a big point that most people overlook when it comes to the chakra system is that each chakra is connected to a hormonal gland or a gland that functions a lot of internal functions. So for example, mm-hmm. the thyroid, the, th- the throat chakra and the thyroid gland, the, the root center and the adrenal glands, the one in the heart space, The one in the heart chakra is the thymus. What does the thymus govern? The thymus governs our immune system. It governs our immune regulation. Where does the breast tissue lie? And I'm not not asking you this, LJ. This is just I'm putting it out there into the universe. Where, Where does the breast tissue lie? It governs that whole heart plexus, that heart chakra plexus. So if we have something that is you know, on the line of being toxic, such as the breast implants, this is now impeding, not just like we could talk about the energetic sides of it. And that's what you're hitting on with those feelings that you had, that soul connection, those goosebumps, excitement, but just from a physiological perspective, from the toxins that are seeping into this area of the body, it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to impact that thymus gland. And that to me is the link between all the things that you were just talking about. We know of the connection between the gut and the immune system. We know of the connection between the lymph nodes and the thymus. It, does this resonate what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was all really like an immune system thing. It was just like, I was always trying to boost my immune system, but there was like, like I said, like I've said before, we can't out supplement disease, right? Yes. I couldn't out supplement 
the toxic bags that I was carrying around, you know, as beautiful as they were, right. I couldn't, I couldn't out supplement the toxins. And so, yeah, it was just, once again, it was a godsend one, everything like lined up and it went yeah. from like having surgery at the end of the year. They're like, we can get to it in three weeks. I'm like, absolutely sign me up. Like I'm there. And what um, happened LJ? So after the surgery, what occurred? So I am still in that, you know, healing journey right now. I'm just mm. detoxing. I definitely can tell the difference. It's like a load has been lifted. I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah. Um, I was really grateful that they didn't burst. Um, so, but this is the interesting thing too. People were like, oh, you should detox quicker, but here's the deal. They were in my body. Now I haven't, now that I say this out loud, I haven't weighed them. They're supposed to be 350 cc's each. I like to weigh them because I'm like, even though they didn't burst and it didn't leak out, my body was leaching from those 350 cc's every day, right? So even though I yanked them out, my body's picked up seven or eight years worth of trash, right? Like I've got eight years worth to cleanse out of my system. So even for myself, I wish I could say like, you know, some people take them out and the rashes leave and all that. My face, my skin has lightened on my face. Um, I did have the little infantigo kind of pop back up. But once again, my immune system is adjusting. Like, I feel like my whole body is changing right now. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be I like a and you. But I, I'm excited. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you, my friend. And th- thank you for sharing that story with us. And I hope it inspires other people out there not to go you know, we're not here saying that this is right for you. It might not be, but just, I wanted to plant that seed and share it with people just to have it in your awareness and just to speak to the the detoxification progression, just from a mold fungal and parasitical perspective, we know that the longer something is systemic from, from that angle, the longer mm-hmm. the, 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 the deeper it entrenches in terms of a biofilm, in terms of layers in the body. So when you're talking about something being in your body for a long amount of time, that's causing that kind of challenge. It's not, it's not going to be quick, even just from that lens of breaking down a biofilm and taking time. So it's, yeah, it makes sense to me, my friend, and I'm, I'm very happy for you. Well, and one thing I'll add is, like you said, we're not saying it's for everyone, but here's the deal. Don't live in fear, but it's very interesting. When I made that Instagram post, I had people like, oh, I've had mine for 18 years. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like that's a long time. I'm like, I can only imagine I dealt with them for eight years. And so I honestly had a conversation with someone and she's like, I'm afraid to take them out. What will I look like? And I was like, you know what? At least have a conversation with your doctor have them run some tests. At least, you know, now you have the knowledge, right? I think it's really like you're saying it's being empowered with the knowledge. What you do with it is your choice. By no means am I condemning people. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a toxin right along with the fillers. And I know fillers are done for medical reasons as well, but the Botox and the filler and all of these things, like your body has to metabolize it. That's why that one injection of Botox doesn't last you 25 years. You know, you always have to keep going back. So your body is metabolizing it in some way. So once again, it's just information to just, you know, help you on your journey. And this is a good segue into the next topic here. You talked about the emotional side of the breast implants. What will I look like? And that conversation needs to be had. And this is sort of where... I want to shift the chat to now back to the energetics and the emotions of the hormonal conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering LJ, and you've already hit on this already with, with the unforgiveness with, um, with the heart and going down into that second heart space. I'm wondering now, what are some other energetic challenges and emotions or feelings you've noticed play a role within the sacral health specifically. So in that womb center, going back down to that space, what are some 
you know, areas of emotions. We've talked about trauma. So this could be an example of the things we need to be mindful of. So let me give you an example, then I'll pass it to you. I, I do a lot of work with the sacral with both men and women, but I've noticed an emotion that is present that holds, that suppresses itself a lot in this area is both guilt and shame. And if we are holding on to these, for example, and we are not allowing them to move up and out, then this can cause physiological challenges. So I'm wondering if you can speak to this from your perspective. Yes, I definitely can relate to that with a lot of my patients. And then the thing I'd add is the unforgiveness. And that's coming from my own story that you've heard a few times. Like I know with me, when I got divorced, you know, for some people, they're like sign on the dotted line and you get rid of that person and everything changes at the end of the day you have to let go of that unforgiveness. And I remember as I was going through my divorce and even in situations where I've been holding this unforgiveness, all of a sudden that pelvic pain, like all of a sudden I'm having a flare and I'm like out of nowhere. I haven't changed what I'm eating. I haven't drank anything different. Like life is good, but something is being held there. And so for a lot of people, you're holding that tension in your womb area. You don't understand. You're like, I've had fibroids removed. I need another surgery. I'm always having fibroids. I'm always this. Like just start thinking about what are some things that you just began to normalize right? Start trying to figure out what that is and then see what that emotion is, especially in that pelvic and that womb area, lots of trauma, but it's also, you know, that broken heart, that unforgiveness. I don't know who it's for, but holding that space and then just holding on to it, it just eventually drops down, right? Like you think you've gotten over it, but then someone says something and, you know, 22 years later, you're triggered, right? That's kind of letting you know that there's some work that needs to be done. Yeah. And I love it. And what we need to be mindful of is two things. One, one of the exacerbations of inflammation and oxidization within our system is stress, not just right. toxic stress, like we're talking about with the breast implants and foods and chemicals, but emotional stress. When we hold on, when we hold on to that unforgiveness in your example, it doesn't just disappear, right? It's not like holding on to it is going to make it burst and 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 vanish. What what we resist, what we ignore, persists. So I'm wondering, LJ, let's maybe make this even more practical for people. So if if someone is listening and they're realizing that maybe they do have some of these female hormonal challenges and they do also realize that they have some unforgiveness, they have some guilt and shame, I'm wondering, and I'll add in my perspective after you, what are some, what are some practical tools, tips, steps that they can take to help channel and release some of these emotions that want to move? I would say journaling. That would be my first one, right? It's always nice if you have someone to talk to, but sometimes, you know, as you're social distancing or maybe someone to talk to face-to-face -face is an option. You don't have anyone to really journal it. I found it very powerful, especially with my patients to just say it and put it out on paper. Not that you have to go back and reread it. You don't need to send a letter to someone. It's sometimes just releasing it onto paper and putting that burden on paper, getting it out of your mind, getting it out of your heart. And then if you feel like you need to do that deeper work, you can, but journaling would be the first thing I would recommend. And what I would add on top of that LJ is I would actually, you know, and you, yeah, I agree with you. You don't have to send anything to anyone, but also reading that journal. So, so let's say that you write about, so I talk about this in regards to the inner child, which I want to get your perspective on it in a second, but we need to understand that there's two steps we could take here is the it's the writing it down channeling the emotion through the written word and then also channeling the emotion through our voice right through our throat chakra through that center right going back to the thyroid challenges a bit one of the imbalances that can be in that throat space emotionally energetically 
is not realizing how powerful we are when we lean into just expression. So with that journal that you just said, also read the words, read the emotions, channel the emotions through the voice. Do you agree with that, my friend? Absolutely. And being willing to sit in it for a second, right? Not running from those emotions, not pushing them back down or being like, oh my gosh, that's too painful. That's too this, that, and the other. I'm going to just stuff it back down there. It's been stuffed down. If it's coming up, it's coming up for a reason. And I would say that is very, very important. If it's coming up, it's coming up for a reason. It's probably time to take it a little deeper and work on that. Yeah. It goes back to what you were saying before about we live in a world where it's so easy to externalize the self and do all the things and get stuck in the, in the, in the rat race or the, all the, all the distractions. So, you know, we say this as people that, you know, are, are infallible and we do these things too, but also realize taking a break and doing nothing and being in it, like you said, is still doing something, right? It's that feminine masculine balance we were talking about. LJ, I want to, cause I know you have a, a psychology background and you've done some studies with this kind of work and you bring in this, this mental perspective. I want to now add in the inner child onto this. And I know you've probably heard me speaking about it before and I've heard you speak to it. And I'm wondering where this factors in inner child work or relationships with our childhood and all these dynamics. How does this, in your opinion, impact the healing journey that females can go on through their hormones, through their PCOS, endometriosis, et cetera. What's, what's your perspective on this? The inner child is huge, right? But it's something that I feel like I'll be honest with myself. It's not something we typically explore until we've tried everything else. We're like, okay, I guess now I'm really ready to go to that painful experience, that trauma. We want the quick fixes. We want to read a book or listen to a podcast or, you know, take a pill, take a pharmaceutical, grab a supplement and just push along. But it's like, you have to be ready to do the work. And there's so much rooted in the inner child. Um, And that's what I recommend to you. Like, instead of, I always say DIYing your own healing protocol, that's when you want to be working with someone because things may be coming up that you're not ready to handle, or maybe you just don't even have the tools in your toolbox Or possibly in your mind, you're like, oh, it's always been that way. But the practitioner may look at it and be like, yes, but have you ever thought, you know, all of a sudden it opens up your mind to like, oh, you know, I don't have to suffer with that. I think some of it we just take on, we just normalize pain. We normalize this heartache, you know, oh, it's always been that way. We make those types of comments, but a lot of that, it's always like that, or that's just the way I am. All of those comments really do circle back to the inner child. Yeah. I mean, I cannot emphasize it enough. I, I often have people coming to me and they, they, they come in with these seemingly disconnected challenges of, Oh, I keep attracting this kind of partner in my relationships. Oh, I have this, you know, this womb challenge or in the male body, a, a sexual dysfunction. I can't get erections or mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I have imbalances. I can't bring in the abundance and the money that I deserve. And they're not looking at their childhood. They, they don't, they don't have any understanding or they haven't had the time. They haven't had the awareness, whatever it is. I, you know, I don't blame anyone. We're all people, but they just haven't for whatever reason looked at their childhood. And if you're right. listening to this and you're dealing with any of these challenges, if you, and, and this is a holistic conversation, right? This isn't just everything needs to be in a child, but like LJ said, if you've done the things it's, and there's still something left, add this in, right? This is an and conversation, not an or conversation. My friend, I have a couple more questions here before we finish. And this last one is more of a, just a Harrison being selfish because I have LJ here with me and I want to get your opinion on this. I have a, I have a theory and I want to test it 
I want to get your thoughts on it. And this theory now brings in the spiritual side of things. So we've talked about the physical with the toxins and the chemicals. We've talked a little bit about the mental with the inner child. We've talked about the emotions, obviously. Now I want to add in the spiritual perspective. And I know you have views on this as well. And the theory and the, and the thing I want to test here is we've been talking about the hormones today and you're a hormone specialist. And I see the hormones as the bridge between the emotional body and the physical body, right? So like I was just saying before, there's a reason that each of the energy, the chakras are on top of hormonal glands, right? The thyroid and the throat chakra as an example. So we know that also in traditional Chinese medicine, that it can be said that certain organs create emotions. So the liver, for example, is connected to anger. That, that might be the one that people know of. So what I'm getting, what I'm getting at here, the, the deeper layer that I want to check with you is, okay, we understand the emotional to physical connection. We understand that the physical creates certain emotions. I believe that there's another step that we can take. I believe that the thing that's behind all of this that's creating the emotions within the physical body that is manifest through the hormones is our spiritual being, right? You just shared before how you had tingles and excitement when you tuned into the answer around your heart and your breast implants. To me, that's that high intuition, that spiritual being speaking through you. So what are your thoughts on this, LJ? Am I, am I hitting on something? What, what do yeah, you believe? Yeah. You're, you're zooming in. It, it's very interesting, but most of the time people, we don't want to tap into our intuition, right? Or it's telling us one thing and what it is, is we are not ready to accept it. So we want to suppress it. We're like, Oh, you know, it's whatever. Like we make all these excuses, but it's like, sometimes you just know when you know, like I said, once I accepted the truth of it, suddenly when I thought about it, it was peace. It wasn't anxiety. It wasn't like, Oh my gosh, what I'm going to do. Like that peace came. And then every time I researched it, even if it was finding another surgeon or researching this, that, and the other, it was like the, the whole situation was very peaceful. Right. And typically what happens is when you're not feeling that peace, or sometimes you're feeling that peace and you're so used to drama and chaos that you're just drawn to the drama and chaos. And the peace is sitting right here. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Right. But you're just used to the rush on the bustle. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge thing, but I think once again, it's, I once, yeah, I feel it's huge. And I want to circle back to like what I said, sometimes we're just so used to the hustle and the bustle and the fire and the run that the peace is sitting right there. And we just condition ourselves to always be in this fight or flight to where when the peace comes, we're like, Oh my gosh, I just got a weird feeling. I just don't know what came over me. Like it makes us uncomfortable because we're like, we just can't be that peaceful. And it's like, no, you literally could operate in that peace 24 seven. It's just that you're accustomed to the drama and the negativity. And so it's, once again, it's a mindset shift. Yes. I love it. And I would ask people to sit with where is that peace coming from? that peace that I could not agree more with LJ. I think it, it can be a lifestyle. It can be, it can be something we can cultivate and be in all the time. I would ask people, okay, what is that peace? Where is that peace coming from? Is it coming from the human being that sometimes gets stuck in that hustle and bustle that you talked about? Or is there a deeper part of me that I can cultivate and, and bring out more? So thank you for going there with me, LJ. I hope that gave some value to people listening. I, I have one more question for you, but before I get to it, 
I, I love you very much. And I'm so appreciative of you coming onto this space. I want to give you the time now. If people have tuned into your energy and they love what you're saying, they love you, the powerhouse that you are, what are some, where are some spaces and places you can direct people in terms of the work that you're doing in the world, whether it's on Instagram, Clubhouse, what, where do you want to direct people towards? I know. I love my clubhouse, right? So definitely find me on there, LJ Johnson. I have tons of rooms. I haven't done in a couple of weeks, but definitely do lots of rooms. Um, it's just a great place to just really nurture, right? That healing journey to not just hear from myself, but other moderators. Like I met Harrison. I've made so many amazing connections on clubhouse. I'm very grateful to clubhouse. Um, next would be my Instagram account. LJS will put all of my um, social media handles, but LJ underscore powerhouse, lots of free information on there, especially if you're like, okay, maybe it's the breast implants. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Maybe you're just like, I don't know. My body's freaking out. I need answers. Go to my Instagram account. You can definitely, there's lots of free information, lots of free resources. Also my website, ljpowerhouse.org. You can do a free um, discovery call and let's just get on a call. Sometimes you just need to run it by someone else and I can kind of point you in the right direction. And sometimes that right direction is going to be working with me. Sometimes that right direction may be me referring you to another practitioner. I love it. Thank you, LJ. And yeah, as you said, for people listening, if you go to the show notes, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you'll see all of LJ's handles and her details. Just click on them and you can reach her there. My beautiful friend, my last question here for you today is I, the, the, the theme, the name of this podcast is the cosmic love antenna. And the intention of it is to help people connect back into their deep space of love, spiritual love, so they can connect outwards into the world and share their light with the world and all the beautiful ways they deserve to across their mind, body, spirit, and emotions. So I'm wondering, LJ, as you, as the individual, how do you define that love word? How do I define that love word? The peace the piece that I just spoke of, like not running from that piece, being able to sit in that piece, right? Because when you have that piece, it changes that lens of everything that's going on around you. Sometimes we're wanting to control everything around us. We're wanting to control situations. We're wanting to control this, that, and the other. But if we can really get ourselves in that piece, it really changes that lens and allows us to operate in that love. So eloquently and beautifully said, LJ, Thank you, my friend, for coming on the podcast. I love you very much. I love all the listeners out there that are tuned in today. I hope you got some value from this beautiful being and the conversation that we had. If you did, please check out Apple Reviews, share your comments, share your insights, share what you got out of this, tag myself and 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 LJ in it, and we can, we'll talk about conversations around it. But until then, thank you, beautiful listeners. Have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world, and we'll catch you next time on the Cosmic Love Antenna. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. 
Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.